0: mm
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Man in the Black Suit. How is everybody hello. today?
0: Hello, 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 Pammy. I'm doing well. well that's
1: good. That's good.
0: I'm How glad are to you?
1: Hear I'm hanging in there.
0: Greetings from your College of Pennsylvania. Yes, and I'm uh, back
1: in good old <laughs> Philadelphia, <or else> my <laughs> used to call it. We're not in Syracuse anymore.
0: Oh, and I wish we were, because they're still filming. I oh, know. my
1: gosh. I know, I But I'm still the Cumberbitch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that is a title that you've earned. <laughs> yes, it is. I worked hard
1: on that title.
0: <laughs> you, and you definitely deserve it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In the best uh, possible way. I say that with love. I know. Hi, I know. it's so good to see everybody online. Hey, SC. And hey, Kenzie, good to see you. And Hoping on. every. Iman. And Iman, is it Iman or Iman? I, I I'm going so. with Iman, but I'll
1: go with you I'm
0: not. I'm not sure. So, so hello, I'm glad you could join us.
1: Yes. <laughs> so we've been again. You know, we're not in Syracuse anymore, and and they're still filming. And they had a lot, a lot of snow this week. I don't know how Tosca got her. Uh, what you calling out? <laughs> her um, Tesla. <laughs>
0: her Tesla.
1: Yes, it was screwed I, in. And hi, Kimski two thousand. How are you today? Welcome. So we have been. There's so uh, much to say. So much to say, <laughs> and we've been sort of. Um, behind on actually on the man in the black suit because we've been having so much fun with, uh, the movie Gabriel's Inferno and all the good goodness that has been coming out of that. Uh, you know, Julio is, he's a dream.
0: He is a dream. For those of you who missed our epic two hour live from Syracuse podcast that we did the Saturday after our set visit, um, you feel free to uh, go online uh, we have uh, the link up if you want to listen. Uh, you can hear the enthusiasm and mm-hmm. really the, the insanity in our voices. We were so, tired? so <laughs> excited. Well, we were tired because we did the podcast on very little sleep because we didn't get back until 1.30 in the morning um, from the filming. But uh, let me tell you, Julio uh, is a dream. Uh, not only is he physically beautiful and as Tosca says, he is the most beautiful man on the planet, um, which I can attest to. I fully endorse.
1: You fully endorse and, and, uh, it was an epic podcast. That is for sure. (laughs) Thanks
0: Annette. (laughs) Greetings. Hope all is well down in the big easy in new Orleans, um, Yes, and it was an epic podcast. Uh, Kenzie said, I think I slept a total of six hours that week. (laughs) And I'm hoping hoping you'll be able to hear us. Yes, it was, but it was so much fun. We didn't need sleep. We were running on adrenaline. Um, I I just, I can't say enough how masterful and how uh, in awe I am of Tosca Musk, and her vision of passion flicks, and her commitment, in particular, to this story and bringing this book to life, um, I just I can't say enough about the team culture that she fostered on set, um, the positive, um, attention to detail, the commitment uh, has just it's just outstanding. And every member of that cast and crew were fully engaged and really wanting to make sure that they were hitting the right tone and having the right approach to this book. They really cared about what the fans felt and they wanted to be very true to Sylvain Reynard's vision. Um, so I, I cannot even tell you how excited I am. I mean, watching that filming, um, was one of the most, uh, it really was one of the most special times that I've had Mm -hmm. and I've been on sets. I've been an extra in film before. Um, but I've never been on a set with that that kind of feel. Um, and just the nicest, I, I've also met a lot of people in theater. Um, these folks had just the most down to earth, wonderful, very grounded um, approach. And kindness was everywhere. It was really, really great. I could go on and on and on. It's, I know we want to do a blend. We want to so talk cool. about the film. But we also want to talk about the movie, uh, I, the movie, and we also want to talk about, we want to get back to the book, uh, The Man in the Black mm-hmm. Suit. Um, oh, Annette said, I'm laughing, Kenzie said, uh, it also helped we had coffee and vodka, Pam. <laughs> yes, Pam had, a, had had some moments with Absolute. Uh, and Annette said, what I love is tasca is I showing am. the video. Videos behind the scenes at how much the entire crew is being as close to the books as they can. It is so true. Mm-hmm. I, I, I the attention to detail and their commitment to being true to the storyline and is is just it's phenomenal. I'm yeah. very very and excited. You know, you know the
1: kindness and the down to earth with them. I the le, the night we the day we were there we left at about one thirty. In the morning, and they had filmed the day before for like 15 hours. Mm -hmm. They came to the set at 12:30 and they filmed again for another 12 hours. And they were tired at the end. I mean, you you, you could see it. They were exhausted. You you could see it in their faces. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they they hit it in the performance. When they finished, they did. And when they came out afterwards at the last scene, and we're talking to all of us. They were just so gracious and so nice.
0: It was remarkable. It was I mean, I wouldn't have blamed them if they just, you know, said one nice, one nice comment, took a picture, and left. But they, they stayed and they chatted. They signed books. Mm-hmm. Um, really, she as did. Kenzie said, it means a lot to me that they are taking such care of SR's works of art, and even after all that time and being up so late, they were all still so gracious, very true.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know that Julio spent the weekend in New York City <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Yes, we saw, uh, if,
0: if you want to follow, follow his Instagram account, he is everywhere on Instagram.
1: He is, and Melanie also, Melanie Zanetti. And mm-hmm. James Andrew Fraser, who's, I think, didn't Kenzie, didn't he start following you back?
0: <laughs> I think so. Yes.
1: Don't get Betty jealous. If I recall.
0: <laughs> well, and I think he, he was really, he was so, he was just joyful and delightful. I know he ended filming last week before the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. holiday. I think his scenes wrapped up then, Um and I think now it's just it's just the two principals, if I remember, um, Julio and Melanie, our our beloved so Gabriel too. and and Julia. Uh, so and you then know then they're I, doing the good scenes this they, week.
1: Oh yeah, and and to uh, Gabriel's apartment and to Julia's apartment or uh, what's her mm-hmm. name's apartment, uh, Julianne's. Yeah. So, you know, Kenzie that, said, yes,
0: that, uh, J- I, I, yes, James followed her.
1: Oh, go ahead. I, I said, I can't wait to see the appointment because I have a place of pride in there of a St. Joseph's University pendant <laughs> that's, that's supposed to be right. on the wall. I hope. <laughs> we will find out. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. As I, I was uh, starting to say, Kenzie had said, yes, James um, is following her, but I don't know why he did. Well, Kenzie, a lot of times people, especially <sighs> actors, if you follow them, they want to follow you and they want to see what you're posting and that type of thing. So, I and yes. I, and you had a nice yes. connection with him. He was really, really gracious. Um, so that's why I think he followed very you. Very
1: sweet.
0: And you're such a big, very you're Canadian. such a big supporter of SR. And that's right. Very Canadian. Of course. And and, and Annette says Julio uh, is great with his IG stories. So swoon worthy. Oh, Annette, I wish you could have been on set. You just, I mean, it is almost like you you are almost afraid to look at him. He was so, um, he was so stunningly Uh, handsome.
1: He he just comes over and he puts his arms around you and he looks at you. Or like with Maureen, he grabs her hand and holds it to his chest. Right, right. I mean, and and with Karen
0: the same, I mean, he really engaged you. He's very Mm -hmm. present um, and and I know it was tough for him too because he was trying to stay in character a lot. Um, but he really is very present. And I think for me, mm-hmm. if you do, if you have read some of his his uh, public facing like Instagram, um, Facebook, uh, he you can tell family is so important to him. He has beautiful uh, posts about his mom, and I know his grandmother had passed recently, and. I, to me, one of the things that I took away from uh, the set in terms of the actors and the, in their personal lives, he had such a great rapport and interaction with Tosca's children. It was beautiful to see. Yes. Um, I, I just that feel was. like I, and the, all of the actors that we encountered there, they really had beautiful souls. And I think it just speaks, I, I, I think it's why they were selected, frankly. I think it really oh, is absolutely. true to the book true to the whole community and, and so <laughs> and Melanie
1: Ma- Melanie mm-hmm. who plays Krista yeah she is or Margo I'm sorry Melanie is Julian Margo mm-hmm. Margo is the sweetest person and the nicest person to talk to and she's you know she just it's just talking mm-hmm. about God knows what and everything. And Absolutely. you know, then she turns on the Krista, and it's like, hey, hey, "There's the bitch." <laughs> yeah, the golem. And and that's yeah.
0: such a fun. It's always fun to play the bad, the bad girl. You know, um, in oh, yeah. in roles, oh, yeah. especially roles that are unlike your. You know, you can really have fun with it. So she was just. She was also someone so gracious and sweet. Mm-hmm. For me, that's mm-hmm. what the sweetness. Um, of Margot came out, which, you know, you don't expect because she's playing this really, really nasty character. Um, Yes, Kenzie, I'm sorry I made you blush about James, but I think it's true. And um, Kenzie said, whenever Julia looked at me, especially in the lecture scenes, because as some of you may know, Kenzie was an extra on the lecture, uh, the opening scene, the lecture um, she said, I couldn't hold a stare for very long before I had to look away. It was intense, just like how, how I imagined Gabriel. And I have to tell you, I, he is Gabriel. He, I mean, bravo, bravo, bravo. I think, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but Nina, SR, Tosca, I mean, they, they made the right call on this actor. I mean, his intensity.
1: And he works for it too.
0: Just perfect. Oh yeah.
1: You know, one of that's one oh, of the things yeah. that Tosca said but he wanted this part so badly and he he really he read the book in Italian twice and he's also read it in English. And you know, he's working with the dialect coach which makes it his his American accent uh pretty good. I mean, you know, I'm it's not it's not the country kid that, because right. of where Silens it- Sil- Grove is, but right. you know he sounds like he's very well educated, and well brought up, and mm-hmm. it you know sometimes it's a little bit of an Italian lilt in there, but it was fine. It's great,
0: and and we actually think so. that makes sense because Gabriel did study in Italy, he has spent time yep. there, and if you know spent time in Oxford, I, anybody. Anybody who's been overseas for a long period of time, they may pick up some, some uh, hints of uh, accents from other places. Uh, and I think exactly. the, his pretentiousness and his, his, really, his arrogance um, uh, about his academic prowess, just, I think the way he speaks is just s- spot on for this role. Mm -hmm. I I think I mentioned during the the fan podcast um, from Syracuse that he reminded me, um, unfortunately not in the looks department, but he reminded me, the way he carried himself, the way this acting presence was, reminded me of a professor I had at Penn State, Dr. Ed Keynes. Um, Dr. Keynes uh, for Poli Sci 1. And he had everything like with the bow tie and wore custom-made suits and had a v-neck sweater like he dressed the part and acted the part kind of preening walking around now dr Keynes definitely deserved it i mean this man was incredibly learned and very well regarded and brilliant so just like our gabriel and i just i it just struck me when i saw that lecture that yeah, I mean Julio gets it. He gets what it's like to be portraying this really big hotshot academic um, star, rising star, uh, and, and just even down to the costuming. I just I and I actually told the costumer, I said I think you did a great job. I said he reminds me of a professor I had at Penn State, <laughs> and um, well, it, it just was stunning to me.
1: Yeah, well, I think it was in the cafe scene. Um, he first he didn't want to wear a tie, so there was a whole conversation about that, and I think Kenzie finally got the uh, from Gabriel's Rapture what he was wearing from uh, Krista's description. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was like. Then he says, "Okay." He puts the bow tie on. He's, and he was gonna put another blue one on, straight blue. I said, and then somebody else brought the other one. I said, "I like that one better because it's it breaks up the blue, because it was constant right. just blue and white."
0: Mm-hmm. And this
1: at least there was like some tan in the tie that would break it up a little bit.
0: Right. So. Absolutely. So they. Anyway. I love the fact they gained input and. Um, as Kenzie says, I appreciate how passionate he is about bringing Gabriel to life. He's not an easy character to portray. Agreed, no, and I think <clears throat> that will bring it. And Annette had mentioned earlier that she just wants him to just talk to her in Italian about anything. Yes, Annette. So do I. Feel free go out on YouTube. There is a million videos of him speaking in his native language, and oh my gosh, I could just. Uh, yes. literally listen for hours it's it's just it's and so musical I, it's just beautiful language and he speaks it beautifully
1: and if you have a amazon fire stick or roku or apple tv if you go imdb has a, a streaming service on them
0: mm. and
1: you can call up the movie that he was in walking on sunshine yes that uh is i think it was italian and english Mm
0: -hmm. but i
1: and i meant to do it last night because i the fire stick is in my bedroom and i got in bed last night i don't even think i um heard one word uh, from the tv (laughs) i was asleep so fast Mm so (laughs) anyhow
0: i know i know so
1: there
0: and, you go. <laughs> Annette had mentioned that's exactly what you'd expect from Gabriel, just a bit of an accent. And yes, Kenzie, I remember when Julie oh, yes. almost caught you taking his photo and you got shy, and that was really sweet. It was really sweet. And Annette said I would be too, Kenzie. Trust me, Annette, you would be because I'm telling you. He has such a presence. but just such a sweetheart. Um, really, really great. Uh, one other thing... I wanted to mention um, as we trans transition to talking about the man in the black suit um, is the fact that if you haven't joined Passion Flicks, please do. We really want to support this platform. We really want to support the work that they're doing uh, to bring these films to life. it's It's made it's remarkable. Um, what they're doing just for $5.99 a month and yeah. I know there are some special deals going on right now uh, and I think if you can see online that we have, uh, I know we've, we've put out the link before that you can join yeah. through uh, and SR would get some credit US, for that USR, as well yeah. So, so please do. And, uh, hopefully we can continue to support it. it. It's well, it's worthy and maybe they'll make a movie from the man in the black suit or the Florentine series too. Or both. Um, Or both. I would love that. Yeah. And Kenzie says, I really miss Nicholas and Acacia. We have two, so I think.
1: We yes. Without
0: any further we should, ado, we should, we should talk about mm, where we were. The right. story. Well, before
1: we do that, I just had a couple little things from SR. Um, mm-hmm. He said that just as an, an announcing, there are a few things that are in the works. I know next um, uh, Tuesday, uh, I think at eight o'clock, he's having a chat with uh, on the Stargazer. Squad on Facebook, Great. and that's through uh, <clears throat> Jennifer. And um, let's see, there's some other stuff, but he'll have more on that soon. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there will be some international uh, editions of uh, Gabriel's Promise, but he he does can't announce too much about that yet. And he's writing.
0: I'm so. so excited that he's writing, uh, what's, he writing? what's he writing I want to know now. that's
1: what I'd like to know
0: <laughs> it could go in so many different directions and Acacia is it more, the... oh, is it more totally Gabriel different? and Julia I know or, oh my gosh and just thought of it I know or could exactly. could he been combining storylines you know
1: you never know you don't know with him.
0: I'm wondering. So. I know. So so. That without is further good ado. News on
1: his end. That's great news. So wait, and I should,
0: know he always keeps yeah, saying there's good news. There's, good, good news. there's more good news coming. The that's very exactly. exciting. All right, so so we are with Acacia in her room and she is standing as you know she had gone through a horrible ordeal was rescued uh, but not without having uh, gone through a very traumatic experience of not only being beaten but having to uh, kill someone in self-defense in order to escape and she is now on the mend uh, and she is waiting um and and in recovery so currently she's standing next to the bag that mademoiselle or madame Casserer had packed for her she picked up the nightgown that she had packed and it was elegant but acacia did not want to wear this to bed there was a knock at the door and she yelled to come in and nicholas peered around the door and asked what the nurse had to say and the nurse had told Acacia that the wound was beginning to heal, but she still had to be careful. And she needed to take antibiotics. And just keep in mind that with antibiotics, uh, birth control is not uh, reliable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pam, you know I a little meet, bit about that. I can that.
1: introduce you to an eight-year-old.
0: yes yeah that's very true so keep that in mind ladies if you're on antibiotics uh, you need to wrap uh, wrap it up with a condom uh, in order to in order to uh, prevent um, unintended pregnancy Uh, so Nicholas actually didn't comment about uh, what the nurse had said as she was looking at the nightgown, saying she had nothing to wear to bed, and he he said, "Well, didn't my mother pack anything for you?" And he saw the ivory silk, beautiful nightgown. But Acacia said, "Well, it was incredibly lovely. She just felt it was inappropriate." And he was holding his opinion to himself and just saying, "Okay, I see." Um, I think he's so instead. Yeah. Well, I think he wanted to see her in this beautiful silk uh, nightgown, li- almost lingerie, and but I think he also, you know, was afraid of what Acacia was feeling. Um, and I see that. Uh, just I do see that, Kenzie. I put the link to Passion Flicks. So thank you. Um, thank you, Kenzie. Yes. Yeah. So, Acacia asked him instead if she could borrow one of his shirts. And this is a question that we asked SR. Um, And I wrote, SR, why did Acacia not want to wear the silk nightgown that Madame Casara provided to bed? And SR responded that he thought Acacia, he thinks Acacia thought it would be presumptuous. She's gone through quite an ordeal and she thinks he thinks she wanted comfort from Nicholas. So, I thought that was kind of an interesting answer. Um, and she had gone through an ordeal, and, and she, you know, I, I think she's also feeling her way through where she is in this relationship with Nicholas. So, you know, and, and Nicholas also, being the kind well. one. Right, true, you know, you don't true. Like it's almost you like when you're get... feeling nasty. When you...
1: Yeah, you just want to put something comfortable on. You don't want to put something mm-hmm. slinky on, because you just, I don't know. You just want to be right. comfortable.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, of course, uh, he Nicholas said, um, he walked to the closet and pulled out a pale blue shirt, and he handed it to her. And he said, I just came to say goodnight. And confused acacia said acacia was confused because she thought that this was his room and he told her yes it was um but he thought she would want some space and she responded yes she wants space but she wants him in that space oh yes i'd want yeah, to be in nicholas's space too nicholas grinned saying he had work to do and would be late and not to wait up she kissed him but he was restrained and told her goodnight. She walked, watched him walk away. So I thought that was kind of, you know, telling that she really, really wants to be with him. she, want, and yeah, she I wants think, to be
1: with him. And he's not sure I yet. think.
0: Yeah, I think he's a little gun shy, right? Yeah, yeah. A so, gun. yeah. So they continue on. And... Nicholas came in and said, Acacia, wake up. His voice had invaded her dream. He gently shook her shoulder and she woke up, blinking her eyes as she was becoming accustomed to the light on the bed. And Nicholas rested himself on his elbow, telling her that she had been groaning and speaking in Arabic. So I think you know he wanted to make sure she was okay. Um, she lifted her hand to block some of the light and asked him what she was saying. Uh, smiling patiently, Nicholas said he was not sure as he did not speak Arabic, but he said she sounded very upset. And she hid her face with her hands saying that she had been dreaming about being back in Morocco. Gently, he pulled her hand from her face, reassuring her that she was not in Morocco and that she was safe in Finland. And on impulse, she pulled Nicholas's arm so he was on top of her and when he asked what she was doing, she told him that she had missed him. And he called him her, he, she, he called her his beautiful, brave girl as he stroked her hair. And she just told him that she really didn't feel that way. I mean, based on what she had been dreaming about, she was really unsure. She said she felt small and scared. Speaking forcibly, Nicholas told her that she wasn't that, and that it was natural. It was very natural to feel frightened, but she was incredibly strong and determined, and he mentioned that even Rick was in awe of her, <laughs> and she rolled her eyes at that. Mm-hmm. I love that piece. Can you imagine I, I love the fact that he was reassuring her. Yes, I, after all of that? Absolutely. And, and the way, <clears throat> and
1: how much she loved Rick in the beginning? I know. <laughs> <laughs> So Akashi is like rolling her rolls, and Rick was not going to bring her to him. He told her, mm-hmm. and she would. You know, she was told Rick she was just going to get out of the car and find her own way. And Nicholas came back with Seat. He'd seen men quake in their boots at the receiving end of one of Rick's glares,
0: <laughs> but
1: she almost reduces him to tears. <laughs> <laughs> Love She's it. got that it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Cassia said that Rick needed a good cry, which he probably did. A lot of men do, and they don't do it often enough. That's right. You know, because it releases tension, and you know, it just. And if you've ever if you've ever seen a grown man really cry at something, it's feel blessed that you're there with them because it's they don't do it that often, and it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just it's it's a nice thing. Anyway, <sighs> uh, so Nicholas laughed and brought their heads together. So, kiss me, Acacia says. And Nicholas cupped her face, just trying to avoid her bruise. And he was hesitant. He's so gentle
0: with her. I love it.
1: He is. He is. And Acacia could see it. But she could also see the love shining in his, through his eyes. And he stroked her jaw and he said that he could have lost her. And Cassia uh, regretted the ultimatum she'd gave, had given him. And he said that, you know, they could talk about that tomorrow. But tonight you're mine. And Cassia told him that she has her heart and she does not want it back. So Nicholas tentatively kisses her, but she, but, and she's holding the back of his head, and she's open for him, and and but he didn't want to be rushed, and she was kind of kind of wanting to rush, and uh, so his, his fingertips sort of glides across her body, and uh, he had not worn a shirt, and his skin was warm, and she was very thankful for this heat.
0: Oh, I'm sure she was. And... I'd be
1: thankful for it oh, too. Yeah. I'm 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 already I've already uh, fanning myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cuz she'd opened up the shirt just enough to see her, her tops of her breast and um, uh, and you know, he's gazing at her with appreciation and looking for permission. She whispers yes. And he continues to uh, go on and uh, hands move to the lower back and he responds with her and the pleasure is sweet and raw and filled her. And he's kissing his way down her body, the top of her underwear, and she places his hands on his shoulders and said that she just wanted him inside of her. And the train goes into the tunnels, <laughs> and it's steaming <laughs> along with a screaming whistle. <laughs> yes, that yes it old was. That is a reference to orgasm in the movies. Yes. Anyway. Um, well, I, I, <laughs> so I, I think
0: it's, she's been craving this for so long, I think, and I think it helps, you know, it's one of the things that helped her get through wanting to see him again and being with him. So I think this was incredibly mm-hmm. emotional. Yeah, as Kenzie said, ooh la la. Um, <laughs> and that, Kenzie says, that's one way of explaining it. <laughs> the train in the tunnel. Um, well, you know. But it's just, be- it's it's beautiful. And I also think she wants to lose herself in him a, a bit, right, I mean, she she wants to yeah. just be surrounded by him and protected by him. Especially
1: after waking up yeah, from and, a dream and, like that. Uh, yeah. And she's, he, she's also being protected in more ways in one by him with a condom. Yes. And uh, so, you know, it just, I, I just think the way he, the way they, you know, they got together and, and the intensity of the whole scene was wonderful. You know, they, they had truly missed each other. They knew that there were things that had to be talked about, but their connection was just so strong that they had to be together.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we were waiting for this reunion, right? And I'm um, oh, sorry yes. we had to wait several weeks um, for us to talk about this reunion because we were um, we were covering the Gabriel's and the, Inferno the movie um, filming and, and the announcement. But from intensity to intensity and as Kenzie says, the scene is very intense and loving. And she said, I think she wanted to feel loved and needed. She was craving needed. that connection. I think you're right on, right Absolutely. spot on, on that, Kenzie. Most definitely. Yeah. You know,
1: so Nicholas' face is growing, has grown troubled. And she asked what the matter was. And, and uh, Kasi was getting worried. And his eyes met hers and said that she really didn't want him to feel, want her to feel trapped. And I guess with everything going on with what happened uh, in Morocco, that that was his way of saying, you know, I don't want you to feel like I'm, you know, forcing you into anything or trapping you into anything. And then uh, she said she was bruised, but she was wasn't broken. And I love that. I love that line. Yeah, he went to her cheek and. Thumbed over the bruise that her father had given her and asked how she could love him. And his replied, "But how could I not?" She saw and him. We how he was and we actually asked SR about. That. Yeah.
0: And we asked SR about that. When we asked him about why did Nicholas ask her how she can love him, and SR's reply was, "I think this ties back to the ultimatum, but also to how he perceives himself." So I thought that was really interesting. Um,
1: That is interesting. You know,
0: that duality, you know, the fact that it's the ultimatum that if she, you know, he was going to get justice and justice could be killing those who killed his sister. Um, And, and, you know, he also has that perception of he's not worthy. Right, right.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that the scar that he has that Mm -hmm. he wears the prosthetic for also plays a big deal into that for him, you know Mm. with with the scar he's exposed (laughs) and he's Mm -hmm. exposed to Akashi because he's not wearing the prosthetic and so Mm -hmm. I think that plays into it as well because you notice when Nicholas becomes uh, Breckman he's got the uh, prosthesis on and you know he's hiding, like being a mask, he's Pretending to be somebody else, so, and she right? Sees no,
0: I think that's else. really insightful, and and that also ties into another question we had asked or about why Nicholas was initially planning not to stay with Acacia, um, even after she professed her love to him when um, she was bathing. Uh, if you remember that chapter, um, that we discussed a couple weeks ago, and he said he is still trying to find his footing with her. Um, because she had given him an ultimatum. And he believes it's over between them because he refuses to give up his quest for justice. So, you know, that hesitancy, and now when she professes her love for him again, and he's still kind of feeling, you know, a little uncertain on on those yeah. levels. Yeah. But we know it's the right thing to do. <laughs> you absolutely. can see it.
1: absolutely. So as they're going through, um, you know, talking about the commitment that they're wanting to make or the justice and everything, uh, he kisses her reverently and, and suggests a position that would be easier on her. And they, they started and created their own space. and, and But what she saw on his face was a lot of emotion, and it was absolutely beautiful. And he had told her that this was worth fighting for, that the, the two of them together was worth fighting for. And uh, he, as he buries his face into her shoulder, she thanks him. And their bodies relax, and his body felt like it was floating. And Nicholas questioned her thanking him when it should have been him thanking her. And she was very happy to be back in his arms and she pulls back and looking at her and saying that her gift her love was a gift. A gift that shouldn't be taken for granted. And she closed her eyes and she wraps his arms around him.
0: Ah oh, End of chapter It's so beautiful. End I love that. Is. I love that. They're so you know, I think I think for Akasia it's very healing for her to be Safe Uh with Nicholas again, Um, and I think for him it's healing too, in a way. Even though he's uncertain, as Kenzie wrote, this that is so beautiful. I agree. You know, Um, Sr writes Sr writes uh, so beautifully, and I think this is another great example of his his beautiful description. Um, Yeah, it's it's just it's lovely.
1: It is, and it's. I think you know it all goes back to um, the uh, book for kosher sex Uh, Rabbi Shmui is you know he's very um, he communicates very well for couples and how the love making should you know should be combined both for both being fulfilled and for the closeness that they can both have and Kabbalah does that too to a certain extent. So I think you know, from that standpoint, I think with SR's research, which he has practiced yes. i sure.
0: Winky um, winky face.
1: That, yes, winky face. <laughs> that you know it's it's not it's not erotic and raw, but it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I, I think I think in some ways it is. I, I think he writes it not in a particularly. Uh, he writes it in a
1: romantic way.
0: Descriptive. He writes a, it in a romantic way, not in a, not in a. You know. Raw. Bam,
1: bam, thank you, man. I was going to say not in a vulgar a way. And, yeah.
0: And and I. Exactly. Stress, it's. Uh, it's just as as Kenzie says, I'm so blown away by SR's writing. and I agree. he He approaches it with such tenderness and with a romantic, mm-hmm. uh, respectful tone. Um, Annette says yes. SR's foundation for book for each book is about forgiveness of oneself and of others. This is what has wholeheartedly brought me to his writings. Annette, you are not alone in that. I think the forgiveness, his themes that he hits upon, are are just uh, they speak to so many of us, and really um, forgiveness, redemption, hope, kindness. It's just it's wonderful. And as Kenzie said, it's a story about love, love, but it's also so much more than that. I personally don't see it as erotica, um, and I think everybody has a different perception of what erotica is. Um, I think some people view some of his work as erotica, but. I think it's more romance, personally. Um, yeah, I mean, he And it well, says it's written said, to show sex. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he's even said that um, he, he doesn't want to write erotica, per se. Right. You know, right. sex and love scenes are one thing, but they don't have to be hardcore It's, it's not
0: right. It's wall, not sex mean. for sex. It's not writing sex for sex, right. which I think is what you were driving right. at, Adam, Um, Kenzie said someone award SR the Nobel Prize in Literature (laughs) Um, (laughs) and Annette says it isn't always the Fifty Shades of Grey type as well hey Betty glad you could join, Betty joined and I I didn't say online hello to Lori as well because Lori snuck in there and Lori yes right because it is love it's not just sterotica And I agree with that. That's my personal take. But everyone, uh, this approach, people view literature in very different ways. So Um, SC agrees. Um, He is an amazing writer. Oh, Betty, I'm sorry you were stuck on a bus, but I'm glad you're here with us now. Um, Kenzie says, I've read SR. um, That SR says he doesn't see it as erotica and he won't write it um, because it's different. And uh, thanks for joining us, SC. Um, she, Essie. She has to SC. run. Um, have a wonderful evening as well, and have a great week. I hope you can join us next week. Um, yes. Yeah, I, it's it's good to see you online, Betty. I was hoping I was hoping we'd see you pop in. Um, we just uh, this this chapter is just this this reuniting of these two beautiful souls is just. It's very gratifying because you can see how they'll strengthen and they'll bolster each other and they'll help each other heal um, in many different ways and many different levels. And I think that's another thing that you see throughout SR's work. The healing and the the strengthening of each other and making each other better.
1: All his writing, whether it be uh, Gabriel and Julianne or uh, William and Raven, or Nicholas and Acacia, he he he, his looking at redemption and and enriching oneself mm-hmm. to be a better person through kindness, through charity, through you know, I just that's more the way he is writing, which Absolutely. Is, you know, It makes the stories so much so much better
0: and, and it's it, it's very rich and it, it's, it's it speaks to a lot of different levels um, as Kenzie says SR writes romance but it is so unique from any other writer it's tasteful and he writes about healthy relationships and the development of the characters within that which I agree and Betty also said I've read sex scenes in different books and I just love the scenes in the boss's books they are day and night, so different. The boss's love scenes are full of love and so much feeling. The other scenes leave you feeling empty and lacking depth and meaning. There's just no connection at all. That's true. And I think it's because he writes these really rich um, emotional, emotionally um, charged characters as well. And, and I think it's kind of interesting too, Kenzie, you hit upon the healthy relationships. And I have seen some people question, you know, the relationship of Julia and Gabriel at one point about whether or not that was healthy. But I think, I think it is in terms of the fact that they're helping each other heal. Um, That very first, you know, I think, I think it's because they, they take how nasty he was at the beginning um, and they don't get past that. But the fact is that that wasn't really him, and that's not him in the relationship with her. That's him just being angry at no, the world.
1: And, and that that's also, you know, not their first their first experience together was was you know was very um, a, a little bit weird because the age difference. She was only seventeen. Mm-hmm. However, right it was still respectful it was still uh you know done with with great care tastefully and oh absolutely and, you know, so you, you know you can you can you, you look at that and that's her vision of gabriel after mm-hmm. he's gone and then right. uh finally gets together and now he realizes that it wasn't a dream he was having that it was just makes it that much better
0: I know and then when that reala-
1: realization
0: happens uh, as Annette said for me these characters are more um, are more real as true to life as you can have it as can be that's why I feel so much like each of his male characters are bigger parts of him than he lets on yeah, and that I agree with you on that point think as so well. Too. I I definitely think I, I, so. You write what you know. You tend to write what you know, um, and I and, think and that's I think that, not
1: saying that it's autobiographical. But it's very much right. Probably very much like who he is.
0: Are there's characterizations you know, he, or pieces he, he, of pieces of his character?
1: Yeah, or, I or mean, he's the first one to tell his, you that Gabriel's you know, um, <clears throat> anger he's dealt with
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: on, on a personal yeah level.
0: right I, i've heard that so in. Benny, i
1: know that gabriel is not fond <sighs> of your paul <laughs> but ha, but you know it, mm-hmm. it it'll work it will it'll work itself out somewhere along the
0: line right right And um, you know i saw that kenzie said uh sr writes the way he writes about redemption also plays a very important and meaningful role in his stories. And Lori also pointed out it's because of their backstory too with Julie and Gabriel. It's not a professor taking advantage of a student and that's absolutely true. And I I think uh, again, sometimes people might be quick to question it without reading, um, and understanding the whole point of the book. Um, you know, showing showing this struggle. Gabriel's Dante, and he's depressed. Julius is light in all of the darkness. And as Kenzie said, um, mm-hmm. and Betty's pointed out that Gabriel was a bit bossy in the beginning, so that part was not good. But thank goodness he changed, and she taught him how to listen and give people a chance instead of being so cold. It's because he was hiding. That's he true. was kind of, he was not himself. You know, he was he was kind of in his he, his own another- cage. He felt like he felt There's hopeless another, and
1: unlovable yeah exactly another point of uh n- you know being down on themselves
0: mm-hmm
1: and we are not you know and having someone come in and have them help them realize that, that they're you know really good, good <laughs>
0: people that's right so. Kenzie said it was all set up for a spiritual journey and redeeming himself and rapture very true. Mm-hmm. And Annette also thought, SR writes about pieces of him as well as people he knows. And yes, Kenzie, we're back to Gabriel. Poor Nicholas has been put to the side. But Nicholas has a lot of those characteristics, do you think?
1: Yeah, Nicholas, Nicholas um, is bossy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, low self-esteem to a certain extent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, feels unlovable. Yeah. And lovable.
0: Again, mm-hmm. that's, that's what the, and that's and Be- and Betty mentioned Nicholas was a bit bossy, but he was mysterious and sexy. Um, yes, definitely, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Laurie Lori had mentioned that she didn't understand the comparison to Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, it's nothing like it to me. Annette agrees. She said they're two completely different stories. I I see. I do see. Here's here's where I. I actually do see a comparison um, between the two. Uh, as some of you may know who've been listening to the podcast, I'm one of the thousands of people who found um, this book through Fifty Shades of Grey. I was literally sitting in a waiting room reading a magazine before a doctor appointment, and there was a sidebar article in a magazine saying, books to read if you like Fifty Shades. And this was one of the ones on the list sars was one of them and the reason why i feel like that does they are similar is because it shows these two very damaged souls who find each other and help each other become stronger and have this immediate connection and attraction um that they cannot get away from and they cannot not act Mm -hmm. upon and I feel that is the see, that is why for me that's why I see the connection and the, um, you know the, the relationship or similarity between Fifty Shades and, um, Gabriel, Gabriel's in front with, with
1: Anne and Christian and Gabriel and Julian.
0: Right, right.
1: They, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be very honest with you. I did mm-hmm. not read Twilight.
0: Mm-hmm. I have uh, not either. Kind of feel and, like I should just uh, since it started at all.
1: <laughs> I, and I've seen the, uh, I've seen bits and pieces of the movies. I've never watched one completely.
0: Mm-hmm. I bought, but I've watched
1: all. bits and pieces of all <laughs> of them. Mm-hmm. So and I, so the Twilight part of it, I think just because they use the Edward and Bella
0: mm-hmm.
1: names in in. Both mm-hmm. of their books, whether it be uh, Erica's or or SR's, you know, um, and that started it. But they, they're very different stories. That, but they support each other trem- tremendously. Erica and SR. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, which is great. Absolutely. I mean,
1: you know, I mean, I see stuff that he sends off, that she sends off to him, and vice versa. And it's just you know, you, you can tell that there's a a real camaraderie of friendship there of a fellow former fan fiction authors
0: <laughs> right uh, and that, that's I, I just I, that whole that whole period of time and I, I always say I'd love to write a book about that about that time and that experience for the people involved in that because I just find that whole fan fiction um, explosion was fascinating um, and looking at the chat room Annette was saying the characters are very much alike. Nicholas is very demanding. Um, Annette said she also found Fifty Shades um, the same, or Gabriel threw Fifty Shades. But I feel more into this book than Fifty Shades. Um, Gabriel is more of a real character to her. Um, Lori also missed the the whole Twilight boat, which <laughs> you're not alone, Lori. Um, Betty says yeah, I just absolutely. love Nicholas. He's hard to re- it's hard to resist a nice Jewish boy. Just don't tell Paul. It'll be our little secret. And Betty also <laughs> discovered, Betty's the one who discovered Fifty Shades. And then Pearling was the one who introduced her to Gabriel. So, to Gabriel. I love that. Ned also missed the boat, too. And she could only watch the first movie. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I have two daughters. Um, one's Kenzie's age, and the other is two years older. They're in their early 20s. So, that was a big thing. Um, so, I watched all of the Twilight movies. Um, after they well, came I out, but I watched I, them all, and I enjoy. I've enjoyed. I mean, I've enjoyed that franchise. I think it's, you know, it's it's fun. But I, I, I wasn't I, I in it when it girl. started.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Back. This was back in. Oh God, 2000, 2006 through two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. And I actually had worked with her once before. I went to her wedding, <laughs> and then. We, she left the company and I didn't see her again for like five years when I went to this other company and she uh, she found Twilight the books mm-hmm. and she was like me when when I found Fifty Shades she <laughs> well, now she, she was over the vice president over. of this company My, well that too but she put, she bought the first book and she brought it to work with her she shut her office door only came out when she had to for a meeting, and then she came in the next morning, bleary-eyed, with the second book, and she just couldn't put them down. She she just all three. She read all three within like two and a half days. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's, she's was the vice president of the company. She has two little girls in elementary school, and a husband to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> <laughs> she she just got totally immersed in these books.
0: So. Right. Well, yes. and and so did millions of other people. I mean, it really it was a phenomenon. I remember working with someone um, at the Department of State in Pennsylvania, and she was, I mean all she wanted to talk about was twilight it was it was so funny i she was i mean she was in her 20s so she was younger but she was team edward all the way i mean it was just it was great but you know it was it was a popular phenomenon really it's a culture it was a cultural oh, phenomenon I know. they used to get these and, facebook and, but,
1: when they first started had this app mm-hmm. or something where you got badges yeah go it gets i don't know whatever it was and I kept always, kept seeing all these, Team Edward and Team Jacob. Team Jacob. I'm like, what the hell mm-hmm. are they talking
0: about? <laughs> yeah. I, know. I know. I know. And it's only it's because, funny. Betty, know, said she tried watch, Betty said she tried watching Twilight movies and she couldn't get into them fact that they're in high school is just too young for her, makes her feel like a cougar. <laughs> yeah, I get that, uh, Betty. I'm I do get big, that. But I was watching with my daughters, so a, it was a little bit—it di- just Stewart, was a little though. different. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she was good for that role. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't you know, know. I I I,
1: just, I,
0: just I, I, I didn't I've read. I, her... I should read the book, but and you know, in terms of. Comparing Betty said both Christian and Gabriel had bad childhoods. both men want to be surrounded by beautiful things. The difference is Christian's a bit too controlling. Gabriel's a bit overprotective and she loves them both. And you think you know also Christian had that whole other the whole other issue of his control and being able to channel his control through um, BDSM. So that you know that sure. was a whole other thing. Honestly, you could have cut that whole part out and I still would have loved the story. Um, it made it a little more interesting. It made it a little more, you know, Anna questioning, testing boundaries, et cetera. Um, but, you know, I, it's as, as Betty says, I'm totally digging Gabriel as the professor. That aspect is hot. But falling in love with the high school senior, as Ariana Grande says, thank you next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the, the Twilight, it was, it was written for youth, um, you know, youth fiction. Um, initially so young adult right the YA the young adult fiction so you just have to go with it in terms of imagining how you were back in that period of time I guess and yes Kenzie's heart will forever belong to the Gabriel series the novels are so special and so is SR true we all feel the same way Uh, Lori says we feel the same way Kenzie you don't sound like a broken record. We we all are feeling it. And Betty and said Christian said was nice until he fine. started punishing Anna. That was not cool. Yeah, I, yeah, that was Anna's choice, though. I mean, that's the whole consenting adult. That's where it gets interesting, and in, in terms of right, wrong, morality, that kind of thing. But <laughs> you know, I think Nicholas, you Nicholas and Acacia has an incredibly passionate relationship, but it's not one that would be, uh, it would just be approached so differently because Nicholas and Acacia are just two completely different characters, which, and I love the fact that SR writes strong characters, especially strong women.
1: Yes, and he does, which is great. And I, that's because I think he had strong women in his life.
0: I'd like to think so. Yeah, I do too. Now he has us in
1: his life, bet- life, Pam. <laughs> yes, that's very true.
0: We pester him every week us. for answers to questions. <laughs> <laughs> Sr, here are the questions for this chapter. Would you please let us, you know, please let us know if there's news to share. Oh,
1: by the way, it's four o'clock in the morning when I sent this to you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah well my email to him the other night was at 1 o'clock I think one thirty, something like that but I was happy he was able to get back because um, I know as you said now he is writing so I can't wait to hear what he's writing uh, and no, Betty says no. a big applause to the strong women and Mackenzie uh, yep. <clears throat> says every other book diminishes next to SR's sorry not sorry <laughs> <laughs> um lori agrees she says no other books have the depth well that was a that's another thing that we all love about the books or at least many of us do um there's a lot of um a, very much a didactic approach we're learning a lot from him culturally and
1: absolutely
0: and absolutely many other lessons
1: because you know like one of the things that when i started reading it i mean I tried to read Dante. I still try to read Dante. It's not an easy read The cantos really can get can get to but in, in any way. Yes, they can. Um, the, but learning about the art that was a big thing for me because I've always mm-hmm. I've always loved art and look you know going going to a museum and just looking at at different pieces. Of course, my friend Phil tells me I don't look at them correctly all the time, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it inspired me because, like, I had had this dream to travel to do some traveling, and originally I was gonna, I was gonna be in like one country, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would talked about it for years, and. I couldn't wait. I had, I had this all, all, all planned in my head of what I was going to be doing, and which changed a little. So then, when I started reading the Gabriel series, and you know, I, you know, hearing about the Botticelli artwork and you know the whole thing, the Uffizi, and uh, it got me thinking about it. Then, having read further, reading about Oxford. And the Inklings and the Eagle and Child, which is known as the bird and the baby, um, you know, it, it that so that added, started adding into my trip, you know, originally I was going to go to England because I wanted to go to Bath because I, I love Jane Austen and I wanted to just see what inspired right. her when she was writing. And so then... Oxford came into the picture which helped. and then of course I started reading the Florentine series. So there now I've got Florence in there and heck if I'm going from London to Florence I might as well stop in Paris why not <laughs> so that's that's how my trip that trip came along for me so and it was very I had a lot of fun. Um, doing a podcast from Italy from Florence and that that was very cool for me. I loved that. That was experience. so great when you did that. It, you know and it, it, it you you worked it. I worked it out um, the only pro- place I had any problem was actually in Paris because I was I literally walked into my hotel room in Paris about 10 minutes before the uh, podcast was supposed to start and I'm the one that records them all. So it was, uh, yeah. Interesting. (laughs) um,
0: That was so cool.
1: And the the Wi-Fi wasn't all that great. And I was like, Oh shit. So, but we did it. it. We did it. It was fun. And I got to do my trip and I got to see all the things that I wanted to see, which I was very happy about. And got to enjoy and understand where SR was coming from. With I some of the art. just,
0: and I loved hearing some of your stories about it.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I've seen And that's what's the, one uh, of the best things about and it. Psyche
0: and, it just really, really was.
1: It resonates. Well, it's like when we went to um, Williamsburg to the Botticelli exhibit, they had a William and Mary. And I almost got caught. <laughs> oh, that—that that was
0: outstanding. I mean, and honestly, I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I would have sought that out. I don't know if I would have sought that out had we not um, read, you know, this series. I know. I just don't know. It's, it's you not know something to I, to be able true. to. I, something I would have definitely gone. Appre- I would not have appreciated it as much. <clears throat>
1: So, you yeah. know, and that's what's it's great. Yeah, he, really, he learned really, so much from
0: him. Um, <clears throat> so. Right. And, and as anyway, Lori said, you know, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at some of the comments from our, our friends in the chat room. And uh, Lori loved the learning aspect. And Kenzie recommended reading uh, Yale's Dante and Translation course um, and Because the professor is great and really helps explain the divine comedy in La Vida Nuova. And she's hoping to visit Florence. And Betty said, The boss made me realize I loved book clubs, dissecting all the characters and asking questions. Agreed. And it's incredible what a book and what literature can do, from what Kenzie said. Absolutely. And the boss opens the doors for so many things in so many worlds. It's just great. <clears throat> with him, you learn sure to see professor the world Rice with fresh eyes. And I think that's what great writing does. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: because it's a combination <laughs> of learning.
0: And- I think you might have a personal seminar with the professor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I know we're past time. We need to wrap it up, but I we just are, I could I know. could go and talk about this for hours. And we have. We could, we could uh, and we have. <laughs> so, as Kenzie says, oh, god of writing. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, we have. Um so. <laughs> well this has been great. I'm glad we're back uh with Nicholas and Acacia. I've missed them as well. Um as as much as you can hear my love of the Gabriel and Julia. Um and Paul, Betty, of course, Paul. I can't forget Paul. Um, but uh, this book is so compelling, and I can't believe we are wrapping it up soon. I mean, we are heading know, into the final chapters. It's hard to believe. <laughs> yes. And, uh, Betty says, now I'm thanks to the boss, Wednesday is business bit, time.
1: <laughs> because we know what time it is so and we'll yeah. be back next week with chapter
0: yes, 59 is. have a wonderful week everybody yes there we go. chapter 59 we're heading in the final stretch enjoy everybody have a great week
1: have a great week